You're listening to the Boss You Podcast with Susan Hyatt and Laura Wagner. I'm Susan Hyatt. I'm a master certified life and business coach, an author, and entrepreneur. And I'm Laura Wagner. I'm a psychologist, a life coach, and a group fitness instructor. We're both moms and wives with full, busy lives. We're both obsessed with Beyonce. And we're both proud feminists who believe that women should have access to anything they want, personally, professionally, and financially. And we're both super passionate about the life coaching industry. Together, we started Boss University, which is a training program for women who want to become certified coaches and change people's lives through the art of life coaching. This is our podcast, and we hope this podcast gives you a big burst of energy. We hope it makes you laugh, and we hope it inspires you to charge after your goals like a boss. You can create any kind of life that you want, any kind of business that you want, and any kind of legacy that you want. There's nothing more powerful than a woman who has made up her mind and who has decided to boss up and go after what she wants. Okay, let's get into today's episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode four of the Boss University podcast. This is Laura Wagner, and I am here with my partner in crime and all things wonderful in life and business, Susan Hyatt. Hello. Hello. Today, we are talking with you guys about one of our mutually favorite topics when it comes to work, and that is the aspect of play. The podcast for today is called I Came to Play, which is one of my favorite fla- phrases for just how you show up in for life in general. Well, I like the subtitle even better, When Work is Play, the Bank Account Slays. Oh, that's right. I forgot I added that. Oh, I love a little, little rhyme. My favorite words. So I have a question for you, Susan. All um, right. You've been in business now for 10 years because mm-hmm. I was at your celebration. And talk about the aspect of play in work. So you could have just, with your 10-year business anniversary, said, oh, yay, I've been doing this for 10 years and I'm amazing. But you really celebrated yourself and you brought other women into that celebration. And in the fun and play of that celebration, you made money to support your business while celebrating other women. And I just, I love all of that. And my question to you is, having been a coach for 10 years and doing what you've been doing when for you maybe it was more than one moment but when did that aspect of you know knowing that there was a sense of playfulness and joy that you knew that that was like really a driving force in your business versus you know having come from that residential real estate background you do this and then you do this and you follow this rule and that rule and then you get the contract and all of that how did that translate to your coaching business and that aspect of joy and play this is one of my favorite topics because coming from the real estate world i was borderline workaholic um i certainly didn't work as much as a lot of people, but in terms of my, what's tolerable for me, <laughs> I was a workaholic by my own standards. Um, and I say that because, I mean, really working, I think 50, 60 hours a week is too much. And But I've met people, I met someone in Ireland who worked 90 hours a week. Oh my gosh. 90. And he ended up in the hospital, uh, of course. But so... 
I realize a lot of people throw that workaholism label around. And for me, there wasn't a lot of fun happening. And so when I started my real estate, or I'm sorry, when I started my life coaching business, something that I was really conscientious about was that I didn't want to bring my old habits into this new life because, you know, I don't know about you, but I got into life coaching to to live a, a healthy life and to create a lifestyle that was more relaxed and you know just supportive of myself and my family I did not want to recreate a workaholic attitude in my new business and so one of the beliefs that I worked on a lot um, when I became a coach was the old adage that you know you have to work really hard. And yes, mm-hmm. there's a lot of hard work that goes into building any business. But I created this belief that at first I didn't believe, which was the more fun I have, the more money I make. Mm-hmm. And I really went to work to prove that true. And I used to just say to myself, okay, it's got to, this has got to be fun. Not that, you know, every moment of every day is fun, right? Like even while we've been recording these podcasts, I've had frustrations. <laughs> I've had my dog interrupting <laughs> our recording and, and, you know, people dropping by the house and disrupting uh, the sound quality. And it, that's not necessarily, yay, fun. But this overall experience <laughs> surely is fun. And it's, about bringing a fun attitude and so anyway over the years I started to experience that as evidence in my life that look like you don't work Fridays anymore those are you know fun Fridays I don't work on those days typically unless I'm doing a retreat or traveling or whatever and so I started working less and having a lot more fun and bringing an element to fun to everything that I did. And I would say the second part of that, and on top of the mantra, the more fun I have, the more money I make, I st- every time I put together a project, it could be a single webinar or you know this podcast series, the final question I ask myself after I put all the plans together is, how could I make this more fun for myself? And I love that. When you ask that kind of question, it just changes everything. So kind of back to my 10-year anniversary high tea party in New York City, I actually started off with the idea that I would just do a little happy hour thing in Evansville where I live for just my friends and family to celebrate like, yay, 10 years in business. And then I was like, well, how can I make this more fun? And the more I asked myself that question, the more opportunity I saw to make it more fun. And I thought, well, gosh, having this party in New York City when I'm already going to be there for something else would be really fun. And uh, that's kind of how that all happened. So I am a firm believer that when you ride the wave of fun, Um, and have a fun spirit, a fun attitude, and try to make things just easier for yourself and more delightful for yourself, then a really amazing byproduct of that is more money. I I love that. And I think what I've learned, too, in terms of, you know, I came to play in my life and in my work, it, it amazes me when I sort of go through, okay, what did I do today? What did I either accomplish or get to experience? Um, that I really come 
to my life each day with that sense of of play like what do I get to do what do I I get to create I mean and it's almost like I, I almost try to turn the volume down on it a little bit, especially working with my clients when I've introduced this, you know, concept to them in terms of, you know, what feels like love, what feels like fun to you, you know, what lights you up inside. Because sometimes when I have asked women that in the work that I've done with them, either one on one or in groups, it's like there's crickets. It's sort of like, wait. What, what, you know, having fun. Um, and it has made some women come to tears when I've said, you know, what delights you in your day or in your work? And they've become so far removed from that sense of that spirit of play that they don't even know what it means for them anymore. Um, and I think one of the things that I've come to really cherish about myself is my playfulness because it's not, it, it's great just for the sake of it just being there. And that's my spirit. And it's amazing. And it's why I love me and why other people love me. But oh my gosh, I get so, that's where creativity is born. I mean, we see our kids. And you were talking in one of the earlier podcasts about you were in love with being five years old. Cause you're like, I'm five and this is my yard. <laughs> this is my life. And that's what that sense of having tapping back into that as an adult person, as a woman running her business and serving people, making money. It when you kind of tap into that, you know, sense of that five year old, what do I get to do today thing? There's so much that can be born from that. I mean, people ask all the time, like, you know, you seem to like exercising so much or doing such and such so much. And I'm like, because it's fun and I get to play. And when I do that, I get ideas and I create things. And that's awesome to me. That's my work in the world. Yeah, it's such a beautiful thing to watch, too. You can tell you're having so much fun with it and just enjoying what your body can do. And, and you know, there was a, definitely a time in my life when I couldn't have ever imagined that movement would be fun for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I was like couch potato woman, PhD in being a couch potato. And yes. you, what did you call the um, the women workout queens? You're like, nope, not doing that. That ain't no fun. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, I, I was um, really harsh in my judgment of people who worked out. I, because at that time in my life, I saw exercise as a transaction that you did with yourself. So if I move my body this way, my body better give me six pack abs or Brazilian booty or whatever it might be. And, you know, I can't believe that all these years later, I've become someone who on my run this morning with my best friend, Francis, we were talking about um, being runners and how we get so upset if the weather doesn't cooperate and we can't run on, on a certain day. And she was saying, you know, I have to have it for my mental well-being like my mood and processing emotion and all those things happen from moving my body and she was like I don't run to be thin and I said you know it's so interesting because when I started running it was to become thin and now for sure the reason that I run is not 
because I'm going to burn X amount of calories or because it's going to make my body look a certain way. It's really um, fun. It's really fun to me. But I am imagining that there are women listening to this thinking like, y'all don't know what fun is if you think running is fun or exercise is fun. And the point we're trying to make here is that it doesn't matter. Whatever your flavor of fun is, is what we want to help you bring out in, in yourself, in the world. And and make a dedicated effort for fun. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm always the fun committee, like be your own fun committee (laughs) because listen, it's not, it's not just a little frivolous thing. It, having women you're right like when you were talking about Laura about when you ask clients like what do you do for fun or what delights you well same deal over here when I ask clients that question they're like what do you mean what do I do for fun I'm like going to work and raising a family yeah like I might and it's it's almost like you're sort of assaulting them with that question they're like what what you you want me to stop and think about that like it's a frivolous thing when I get really crazy in the eyes serious and I'm like no this could like be a part of sustaining and or saving your life I'm not you know talking about you know just sort of throw some of that in and hopefully that'll you know take the edge off of life like I'm like you kind of a a crusader for it um, because it there's just so much good stuff that I think when we tap into that sense of play and fun, we earn better, we love better, we we share more, we we create more. Um, and I mean, you've taught me a lot in terms of how you've approached your business. And I surround myself with other women who do the kind of work we do. Like uh, my crew of people, like in their work, it's some serious life-changing shit. And I think some people mistake it and think like, oh, well, what could they be doing? It's a dinner for 15 women, for Christ's sake. They're drinking Prosecco and and what? Mm-hmm. And what? And I'm like, oh, you don't, you don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> and it's the same. I mean, you do some similar things where what goes down at those dinner tables or on in those retreats. Um, environments or when you, you know, like you and I have been on a sailboat to Capri and um, it is absolutely fun. It's stunning. It's exquisite. It's beautiful. But it's also, oh my gosh, some of the most pivotal transformational personal development work you can do. So I always want a coach who's thinking about, well, I could do this and this and this, but I don't know if I can sell anybody on that because it's it seems too frivolous or too much fun. And I would say that's what you need to think twice about because that's where that's where the the awesomeness is, and that's where, in terms of your income, that's where the money is too. And there's nothing wrong with those two things being together. I think you're absolutely right, and I think that it just shows how in our culture how fun and play is so discounted as a society that it's something that you do when you get everything else done and mm-hmm. if you have any time and money left over then you could allow yourself a little bit of fun as opposed to flipping that and making fun and pleasure and play be a priority and i know that in terms of some of the work that i do and the research that i've discovered 
the body is wired for pleasure. The human body functions best when it is experiencing all different kinds of pleasure. And, you know, the brain, for example, if if you are scarfing down um, a chicken chop salad and not allowing yourself to enjoy the pleasure of it, being really mindful and attentive while you're eating it, the brain doesn't have an opportunity to register like that something pleasurable is happening here. And so... All of the systems then can't work together. You don't digest your food as well. Um, your metabolism doesn't handle it. And the opposite is true when you are experiencing pleasure. It's like all the body systems work together sort of miraculously and amazingly and more efficiently. And so it's not just this airy-fairy like, we should all have more fun, um, <laughs> which we should. But it's more than that. It's actually some of the most practical things you can do for yourself is to devote yourself to pleasure and fun and play. That doesn't mean I can hear people already who are going to be listening to this podcast saying, well, that's all well and good, Susan and Laura, but I have real bills to pay. And I have, you know, my mother-in-law just moved in and my, you know, youngest child has a disability and I, you know, don't have enough money to do a lot of the stuff you're talking about. And that's where I want to really challenge people listening that play and fun and pleasure are free. Yeah, they are. It's it's where you find it and where you create it. You know, and so I think what would be kind of cool in the show notes is to provide everybody with a list. I've already got some going and Laura, I know you can contribute to it as well, but a list of free, fun, play and pleasurable things that you can do. I mean, Honestly, when my clients get stumped, when I talk about this with them and I try to encourage them to brainstorm, which we are doing with you guys listening, like how can you infuse your life and your business with more fun, more play, more pleasure, and they don't know where to go with that. Um, The example I always use, and this is such a simple thing, and I actually am going to do this when we have a break from our (laughs) podcast recordings, is I will go sit on my front doorstep in the sun and pet my cat oh i love that that is right here at the house where my home office is um my cat loves attention i have two of them moses and apollo (laughs) (laughs) moses will be all up in there getting pet in the sun and it's like all my senses will be engaged i will be feeling the sun on me petting my cat's fur slowing down you know we're not talking about that you have to throw a party and serve champagne although that is certainly fun to me um Mm -hmm. there's free things throughout your day that will cause you to be more efficient more productive all that practical crap you think should be first right yeah i mean i'll do something similar to that a lot of times i will get up from my desk. I live on a cul-de-sac and I will for five minutes or so just walk out front and I will walk around that little circle two or three times and just be here in my neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And I love that. And that refreshes my brain and my body in, in its own way. Just, you know, I've had other more visceral experiences of like when we've traveled, and I think you've spoken to this before, when we have that pleasure and all of those things that are lined up, the kinds of food that we're eating, the things that we're experiencing. And those are some things that you can 
have happen at home. You don't have to be in, say, Italy eating some of the best food in the world and find that pleasure. You can create that for yourself with how you sit down to eat your soup and salad for lunch. But I know we've been on those trips and women have experienced that level of pleasure and that pace of life. A lot of women, they th- it's almost like I think there's this thing of, well, if I have too much of that, it's an indulgence. But I think what I've found personally, I think you have too, is I come home from those trips, like having just come back from Scotland, and I generally tend to, without trying, drop a little weight. Mm-hmm. And I... And just you, people tend to tell me they're like, you're always beautiful, but like you look just even more like like it's just something different. And I'm like, well, that is because I just got into a different frame of mind and was sort of taking in life differently. And my, you know, some people are like, well, yeah, bitch, you went to Scotland. So. <laughs> but what it is, what the gift of giving yourself those pleasures and that sense of play is, no matter where you are, is you have to really think about, okay, how will I keep this or translate this into my life so that it's not just something I let slip away and let myself hang on the thought of, well, that was then, that wasn't real, or grownups can't do that or that's a one-time thing i'm like who's who the fuck says it is right (laughs) like you get to decide exactly and i and i do think that um it's important to to think about like how do i want my ideal day to be and what's fun and play and pleasurable for you because it, it can be different for everybody and You know, I know that the way that my day runs is probably not everybody's ideal day, but that's where you get to be the designer and you get to answer this question for yourself. Like, what would I love to do if I could add more fun, play and pleasure to my life? What would that look like? And not just have it be a pipe dream, but have it be something that you're intentional about and that you're going to try to add a little bit each day. Um, One of the clients that I had that has been the most practical, um, high achieving female client I've ever had, I actually wrote about her in my book that's coming out. Um, She was somebody that was working, you know, like 70 hours a week, very the highest female up in this um, huge company in New York City. And she was, you know, doing the thing where she slept with her cell phone under her pillow and she really had no life outside of work. And she came to me saying, you know, I decided at a young age as a young woman that I was going to go the career track and I was not going to let relationships um, get in the way of my career. She said, so I did that. I was very successful at that. Um, and now I find myself at you know, middle age, feeling lonely, and I would like to have more fun and have more female friendships and find an intimate relationship and all these things. And so um, I was asking her, how much fun, how much pleasure, how much play do you have at all? And she was like, I mean, seriously, none. And so one of the things I encouraged her to do that was super simple, and she was rolling her eyes at me, 
I was imagining she was through the phone, but I, you know, I could feel it. Um, the thing that she loved and did get the most pleasure from in her life was her two dogs. And she had this intense guilt because her dogs, she had, was paying a dog walker in the city to come over a couple times a day. And she really loved these dogs more than anything. She hardly ever got to see them or play with them. So we agreed that something fun and pleasurable she would do for herself was that she would leave work like half hour, 45 minutes early, and she would come home and just walk the dogs. That that would be something that would get her moving. She would have fun spending time with these little fur babies that she loved so much. Mm -hmm. So she started doing that, and like, lo and behold, the office didn't you know, cave in without her, you know, leaving just a little bit early. No one noticed her productivity, you know, didn't dip at all. In fact, it was slightly better. And then after a while, like a couple of weeks, she's, she told me at our next session that she noticed a really hot guy at the dog park because she would walk them to this dog park in the city. And so I challenged her to, to go up and start talking to this guy. And so she started leaving work earlier and earlier. She was leaving work like an hour ahead so she could get home and put on her hot athletic leisure wear and like brush her hair before she went. And uh, and so that she would, she could run in and talk to this guy, run into him. And um, I'm happy to report that she started leaving at a reasonable hour seeing this guy he asked her out they're still together oh my gosh she's she's um she has lost 50 pounds Mm. from walking her dogs and like infusing her life with pleasure and now she is in a committed healthy relationship with somebody that she really adores and it all started with a small change of leaving a half hour early from work and walking the dog you know that's a beautiful story i love that and she was scared to do it because she was scared that the office wouldn't be able to function you know she's the last one there i'm like who's gonna see that you're not there (laughs) nobody (laughs) they're not even gonna know and secondly you know if i had said on the forefront like you must move your body and exercise 30 minutes a day and you must start asking people out that never would have worked but by going in and saying like what do you love the most? Let's add some more of that in. It just organically happened. And now she's she's one of my best testimonials for my bear book. But for the purposes of today's podcast, it's also a great example of how adding fun, play, and pleasure into your life, even when you're convinced you can't and you don't have the time, it, it didn't cost her anything. Well, and I think maybe like on our um, Facebook page, one of the cool things to have people post or write is an answer to the question. um, I wonder what it would be like to and fill in the blank, Mm. because I think that's how I approach a lot of things that I kind of want to play with. It's coming at life with that curious spirit. Mm -hmm. Um, And I do a lot of times I'm like, I wonder what would happen if I, you know, move to a different spot in a, in a exercise class Or, you know, if I read a book about this or if I took this way, I mean, it can be so simple as what if I I wonder what it would be like if I went this way home? Like, what would I see on, you know, instead of the whole, you know, usual way I go home where it's like I can my car can almost do it by itself. It's those little things and coming from that place of curiosity 
And you just never know what you'll find along the way, whether it's something as simple as, um, you know, somebody you haven't seen for a long time and that brings you joy to have that conversation or just the delight of every once in a while I'll take a different way home through the park after um, I'm at the gym and just the time of day and the peace of that and everybody's kind of gotten home from work and it just sort of feels like me and my city enjoying this nice little cruise home and that feels like the answer to my question I, I wonder what it'll be like to go this way home that night I'm like oh it was good and I feel better and I love that I offer myself that in my life. So yeah, and instead of looking at, I love how you said that instead of giving yourself this assignment of, well, I must do this 30 minutes a day or Susan or Laura told me that I should devote that kind of thing. Come at it as a question for yourself and like, yeah, what what would happen if you did? And what's that thing that you're like, I've always wondered what it would be like to try mm-hmm. <laughs> that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like you remember my friend, you came to my Zumba class with me a few months ago and my friend Jennifer showed up, long blonde hair. Yeah. I love that she showed up because you know what she did? That's all she did was grown ass woman with two little boys at home. She has her routines and her regimens, but she said, I see you on Facebook all the time. It looks like so much fun. I wondered what it would be like to show up with all my arms and legs flying everywhere and just see what it was like. And she had the time of her life, but she never would have known if she wouldn't have posed that question to herself mm-hmm. and been willing to see what the answer was. I love this question. I, I, I'm trying to think how I would answer it, but I'll go on the boss. you Facebook page. And, um, when this podcast comes out and start the thread and think about like, I wonder what it would be like to, cause I feel like you and I both pretty much operate that way. Like, I wonder what it would be like to dance to Scottish tunes in a castle. I wonder what it would be like to go on a hot air balloon ride. Like I make yeah. all these See, lists that's of things. Exactly. Like with our coaching practices, it's not just in your life, but I mean like people that I, you and I are going to be teaching. That's part of the curriculum, bitches. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what you're asking yourself is, I wonder what it would be like to teach people or to guide women to, I wonder how women would show up in the world if I presented this idea to them. That's some powerful shit. Mm-hmm. And that's from playing people. That's from playing. <laughs> Yes, queen. We hope you loved this episode. Here's your next move. If you're curious about becoming a certified life coach, check out Boss University. Boss U is a coach certification program. If you're in the health and wellness industry, if you work as a therapist or a professor or a school guidance counselor, you run a company, manage a team at work, or if your work has anything to do with helping people reach their potential, then adding a life coaching certification to your toolkit would be an excellent move. Just go to bossuniversity.com to learn more about what you can do with a life coaching certification and why these skills are so valuable and applicable to almost any industry. At bossuniversity.com, you'll also see all the info about Boss University and you can decide if this is right for you. No pressure, of course. However, if you're shopping around for a certification program, our program is definitely the most fun. That is no joke. We roll out the red carpet for you. We feed you incredible food. We do training sessions in a gorgeous artsy hotel instead of a boring conference room. We make the training experience fun and beautiful and uplifting. 
Most importantly, we give you tons of business and marketing training because we don't just want you to become a great coach. We want you to become a great coach who makes great money. Again, the website is bossuniversity.com. Hop over, check it out, review the curriculum, read testimonials from our students, decide if this feels right for you, and meanwhile, feel free to listen to another Boss You podcast episode. See you in the next episode.